Church, you feeling good first Sunday of the year? You feeling good? You feeling awesome? Who's excited to be in the house of God at 11 a.m.? This is the rowdy service. I could tell. In the balcony, don't let them. In the balcony, can I hear from you? Excited to be in church? Is that the men's section? That was deep. Somebody needs a cough drop up there. Hopefully that was a man. You need a cough drop. Shoot. I know it's windy and cold. You might be feeling a little weather. It's all good. Welcome to church. You guys are awesome, man. So excited to share what God has put on my heart. You know, we've been um, just starting this year off strong. Last year was awesome, man. Not just, I know we couldn't put everything in the recap video, but last year was awesome. And as I've been praying for what God is saying, you know, to me personally, I feel like this phrase, this, this uh, sermon series, family forward, God put on my heart. Moving forward as a church family, individually in your immediate family, and then your church family. The reason why I say this is because there are so many promises of God. Do you know very few of them are to an individual person? They're to the family of God. So what happens a lot of times is we separate ourselves from community, we separate ourselves from the family of God, and we believe as if God can divert those family promises directly to us. One of those family promises is Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says that he, you have a future and a hope and to be obedient, and he'll come and do all the things he has planned for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, God was not talking to an individual. He was talking corporately to God's people together. And oftentimes, if one person person goes left, it affected the whole family and what the whole family was meant to get together. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do more than you can ask, imagine, or think according to the power that is at work in you. Anybody believe that verse in this season of their life? Right? God is able to do more. Come on, you need to be clapping louder than that. God is able to do more than you can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that is at work in you. The next line says, now glory be to Christ in the church. That wasn't for you. It's, the, it's for all of us, the church. And I'm not just talking about church attendance. I'm talking about coming together in unity. So I believe there's these, we had a great year last year, and, and I had a great year last year, and I'm believing that everyone in this room to some degree had a great year, but there are some promises reserved for us as a people that are only if we move together as a family, moving forward as a family. I could bring up one more passage of scripture, Joshua chapter one. God tells the men that are, that are fighting for the promised land, he says, I'm gonna show you your portion of the promise, but you can't live in it until you come back and help all the other people get what God has for them. What if the one thing getting in the way for what God has for me, for what God has for you, is we won't help someone else get what God has for them? What if that's the one thing in our way? This year, I'm going to move forward as a family. This year, I'm not going to be so worried about what God has for me. I'm going to help someone get what God has from them, and by default, I get what God has for me. Can you understand what I'm saying? If you understand what I'm saying, can you give God some praise? Come on, this is going to be the rowdy service. First Sunday of the year. So I'm going to read a passage of scripture um, that Philip actually shared on Wednesday night when he was preaching. And he didn't know I was going to be, you know, sharing from this passage of scripture as I, and I, as I didn't know that he was. And so I feel like the Spirit is saying similar things during this time. But Acts chapter 3 um, begins with this. It says, Peter heals a crippled beggar. And in verse 1, it says, Peter and John... 
went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so that he could beg from people going into the temple. I just find this passage of scripture interesting that they would take him to church every day, but they wouldn't take him in. And a lot of times, you know, people that were crippled or lame were, were not qualified to be able to come in the house of God, depending on what was going on, and they were not viewed well. So it's interesting, it's like, it would be like you taking someone struggling or taking someone with an issue and, and picking them up for church, but dropping them off out front instead of bringing them in here. And I just think that's just interesting at, at the times, and sometimes we're not careful we can still be that way, let the, let the people, jacked up people be out there, let the good and perfect people come in here and meet with God. And that was never Jesus' plan. It says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. What a, what a, what a, what a word. I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. What a miracle. How powerful is that? I'm believing for a miracle like that in this house. But you got to be careful with this kind of miracle and these kind of prayers because we have a multicultural church. And you could see someone who appears to be limping, but really they're walking with swag. You got to be careful. She's like, honey, that's exactly what Pastor Julian was talking about. We got to pray for that guy. In the name of Jesus, be healed. And he actually gets healed of his swag. What did you do to me? He's, you know, it's just like he came into church like this, and now he leaves like, be careful praying those kind of prayers. Anyway, that's funny. Says his ankles were instantly strengthened. Says he jumped up, stood on his feet, and he began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Here's the interesting thing about, about church is people need to see you walking, your walk with God, but people need to hear you praising God. Like, I don't, want, I don't care how long you've been saved. You'd be saved five minutes. See you walking, hear you praising. Come on, that's why we always encourage you. That was your chance right there, and you missed it. You walked in the church, but can we hear you praise God for all that he has done for you? You missed it again. Come on, church, you can do it. So we have to put on the screen, praise God, like big on the screen. Don't miss your opportunity. You'll get another one in a couple seconds here. Wow, that was great. <laughs> Says all the people saw him. And then when he realized he was the lame beggar, they had often seen at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out into amazement. When they realized he was the one who was broken, but broken, but now he was healed. When they realized, see, sometimes we get so discouraged that we want to reach people 
Sometimes we want to preach to them or, or leave Bible verses on their desk at work and all these things are awesome. But sometimes the best way to reach someone is they saw how you used to be and now they see how you are today. Do you get what I'm saying? That is the best evangelism. Oh, I remember when they were, oh, she used to be in the club and now look at her serving God. I, that's the best evangelism. Right, we would love to not go through anything at all and just leave Bible verses on people's desks and everybody gets saved. But most of the people that I know that have come to God, they come to God because of the things not that God gives me, but the things he helps me get through. Do you understand what I'm saying? It says when they realize he was the person that used to live. Somebody in your life this year is going to realize you were the person who used to smoke. You were the person who used to drink. You were the person who used to feel insecure. You were the person who used to be afraid. And now you are walking in the favor and blessing with your relationship with Christ. And they're going to be astounded. Who wants to astound somebody with how far God's brought them in this season? I believe that's one of the callings of God for every believer is to astound people from how far God has brought us. Amen. Says they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Can I read you one more passage of scripture? Genesis 32 verses 22 through 32 say this. It's a, it's a story about a man named Jacob who some of us may have heard, but it said that night Jacob got up and took his two wives. Praise God, I got one. I don't need two wives. It's a different time. I'm not going to get into that right now. His two female servants, okay. And um, his 11 sons. I got one, and I'm like, 11 sons? Come on, brother. And crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Now the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans. Jacob had tons of issues in his family, tons of issues personally. You struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, which means, Peniel, which means saying, it's, it's because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, neither do I because it's disgusting. Because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. I want to preach a message simply titled Leap Year. Leap Year. How many people are believing for something so significant, so powerful to happen in your life? You get blessed. You get promoted. You get healed. So much so that you come into the house of God literally leaping. How many in this house are believing God for a leap year in 2000? And 19. How many of you are believing that you would have an encounter with God so powerful, so awesome, you'd be with God in his presence all night long that you would leave limping? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Them claps got super quiet. Super quiet. We can all believe for a, a leap year. Nobody wants a limp year. 
Anybody have a word for the year? Anybody got a word for the year? These words for the year, I got a word for the year. It's called focus. It's focus. That's my word for the year. Because I can do a lot, but there's not a lot of things I felt like I'm focused. My word for the year is focus. And some people's words of the year are faith. Some people's words of the year are favor. A lot of people, he has these words that God speaks to them. But you know we pick these words sometimes because they sound really awesome. Who would pick a word? My word for the year is limping. What's your word for the year? Struggle. What about yours? Suffering. Pain and hardship. I had to pick two words. Just We don't want to. No, because if God's going to move, I'm going to be leaping. If God's moving in my finances, I'm leaping because of what he's doing in my finances. I'm, 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 if he's moving in relationships, he, God came so that I would leap, right? And every area of my life is leaping. And God cannot move unless I'm leaping. Here, these two passages of Scripture's church are two miraculous, crazy encounters with God. Yet one man left leaping and one man left limping. We can be a type of people that think, if I'm struggling, then I must not be encountering God. Oh, I remember when the scriptures used to leap off the pages to me. And every time I read the Bible, one time I opened my Bible and manna was in it. And then, uh, you know, all this crazy stuff happened and God was going crazy. It was amazing. And then now I I feel like I'm limping when I read the scriptures. And I don't understand anything and nothing makes sense like it used to. Is there something wrong with me? Man, I'm, we used to wake up in the morning, and I'd be, it would be, my alarm clock would go off at 6 a.m., and I'd wake up like, good morning, Jesus, how you doing? I'm ready to do your will. And now I woke up the other day, and I didn't even feel like I wanted to get out of bed. I didn't even feel like I was worthy. I didn't feel valuable. Matter of fact, this morning I would be okay if I wouldn't have, 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 have gotten up at all, if I didn't even wake up. And we, we, we get in these moments where we think that our encounters with God should mean we always should be leaping. The man in Acts chapter 3 spent half of his life limping and the second half leaping, but Jacob spent the first half with the ability to leap and the last half with, with a limp. God will meet you in both places. And I want to encourage you, if you're limping, that doesn't mean God is not with you. God is with you. He is meeting you in that place. The reality is the church was always meant to contain, to house, to be connected, to be a family with both leapers and limpers all working together and God using them both mightily. Why? Because they're unified. Do you get what I'm saying? So the reason why is the church... Can I be honest, when we start talking about legacy nights or growth track, the limpers are all in. They go down the growth track. If you're in a a limping season and you go on a growth track, those people are so grateful. They'll be down there. There's there's donuts on the first growth track, and they're like, y'all put sprinkles on the donuts. Oh, Lord, I'm so grateful. I never had anything like this. And the leapers are like, you announce growth track. Oh, I'll catch the next one. I'm good. Whenever, see if I, do I have time for that? Nope, don't even check the schedule. Do I have time for that? Nope, just, 
And the leapers and the limpers approach God and approach church completely differently. The limpers get out of their car and they walk that crosswalk and they're like, God, if you don't move today, if you don't move today, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't think I can do go one more day without your presence. And sometimes the leapers walk across the street and say, who's preaching? And they want to know, is it me? Is it, is it Philip? Do we have that one guest speaker? Is Bob Goff here? Because if I got out of bed and came all the way down here, they better have a good. Do you see the, you see the difference? The leapers got to start coming to church looking to encourage the limpers. I'm in a leap season. So where is somebody who is limping so I could be their strength? So God could use me. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, you might know everything there is to know about Jesus. You might be following God and serving God, and you might feel like you're in the best season of your life. Will you go to Growth Track to find someone who's in their worst season? Because this was always meant to be leapers and limpers coming together. When I tell you I hobbled my butt up in this church, struggling in every area a human could struggle, I was struggling. And I saw some people, I mean, Oasis, is just, isn't it funny? Like, this is some of the most friendly people in the world. How are you? I'm like, man, dude, I'm like struggling. And people took me under their wing. And, and I went from limping to leaping, not by spending five hours with my prayer closet, although I've done that, but to be connected to someone who was where I needed to be. This, you see what I'm saying? It was the connection. It was the connection that made me be able to get out of that. And let me tell you something. My, my seasons have been both. It's crazy how like one year I, I will be, I feel like I'm leaping and the next year I feel like I'm limping and I'm like, did I miss something? Like this is happening at the worst time. I just had my second child. This is happening at the worst time. You ever notice when you talk on, on, on FaceTime and you're FaceTiming a friend and you have a poor connection it always freezes at the worst time. When you're, come on, you're talking to your boo, and it never freezes when you have your hand on your hip, and you're like, it always freezes when your face is like, hey, is there something going on with the connection? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. And it's just like completely frozen. You ever notice that? I think they put something in the iPhone to make you look your worst when it freezes. But it's like there couldn't be a worse time for this to happen to me. I remember I was leaping in youth ministry. My son, Dallas, was 11 days old, and one of my, my, my kids got shot and killed. And I was celebrating the birth of my son, and two weeks later at the funeral of a spiritual son. It was like leaping and limping were coming together, and I'm like, God, if this is you, if you're real, shouldn't I leap every single day? Shouldn't every year be a leap year? It can be. If you come together in unity, if you are here and you are limping, I'm going to give you one of the biggest spiritual secrets. Put yourself under the authority of someone who is leaping in the area you are currently limping. Do you know how many times I'm just being real because I think we should be. Do you know how many times I've had a conversation, I've seen pastors have a conversation with someone who is spiritually limping and you give them advice and they don't do it? 90% of the time. And, 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 if, and if they really don't want to do it, they'll tell you, I'll pray about it. 
I don't know if that's what God told me. What are you talking to me for? So I'm telling you, God puts people under authority. And here's the thing. If you're limping, right, part of the reason you're limping may be because, it's because you put yourself under some authority before and you got hurt. So now you need faith in this season to put yourself under the authority of a leader in the church or your pastor on your team. You need faith to do that because you've been hurt by people in authority. This is why Jesus said, when the Roman centurion soldier, he said, put himself under authority, what did he say? I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. How much faith do you have to have to put yourself underneath someone else so you can learn and you can grow and you can go from limping to leaping fast? It's so important. So you have these passages of Scripture, and I think the first thing we need to realize is we need to realize that just because we're limping, doesn't mean that we haven't met God. And just because we're leaping doesn't mean that we can start watching church online, start doing our personal Bible studies, right? If you're in a leap year, and you, then we can go to church less because there's someone sitting right next to you that is limping. And if you would reach out your hand as Peter reached out his, someone right next to you could go from leaping limping to leaping and have a leap year because God used you. What if right now you said to yourself, God, use me this year to help someone else. God, I'm going to go to growth track and I, don't, I probably have heard anything in there they're going to talk about, but I'm going to sit in one of those groups. I'm going to lead a connect group. I'm going to come to legacy nights and believe God and pray. They don't have to do 20,000 promotional videos to get me to show up. I'm in. God has put me here. And I believe as we do that as a church, we're going to move forward as a family. And by default, somebody in here could go from limping to leaping right now because God used you. What's interesting about Jacob, uh, the man in, in Acts chapter 3 wasn't expecting to be healed. He was expecting for money. And one of the things that, that, that will take you from limping to leaping is when you allow God to give you something different than what you keep asking him for. Because let me tell you something, in my prayer life, when I was limping, I wasn't asking God to do anything but give me some money so I could get out of debt and so I could stop struggling. I didn't come to Oasis looking for my purpose or calling. So what I'm seeking, God gave me something else. And, 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 and it's interesting how typically that can happen. But if you look at the passage where Jacob was, was holding on, the, the Bible says he held on and said, I'm not going to let you go until you blessed me. Do you know that the Bible says that Jacob had to trick, Jacob had to trick his dad into blessing him, pronouncing a verbal blessing over his life. Maybe you're in here and honestly, if your father were to, to encourage you or speak a verbal blessing over your life, you'd have to trick him into it too. He would never do that on his own. And what it makes it do is like, God, I'm not going to let go until you, you bless me. And Jacob got blessed, got his name changed, but left with a limp. And I want to pick up something that happened with Jacob and his, his wrestle that, that, that left him with a limp. The Bible says, if you remember what I read the scripture, it said that the angel of the Lord told him, you have wrestled with both man and God and have won. Now that Jesus has come, and given us the free gift of righteousness, if you're limping because of your wrestle with other people, you will never ever graduate to leaping. 
because we're not meant to wrestle with people anymore. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against people anymore. We don't wrestle against our husband. We don't wrestle with our wife. We don't wrestle with our brother. We don't wrestle with our coworker. We don't wrestle with ourselves. We don't wrestle anymore. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age. So what that means is some of us are limping because we keep wrestling with people. We're wrestling with the wrong thing. Sometimes you have to say, I'm not arguing with my husband. I'm not arguing with my wife. I'm going to wrestle with the right thing. Devil, you cannot have my marriage. You cannot have my body. You cannot have my son. I'm wrestling with the right thing. We don't wrestle against people anymore. And insecurities and fears and constantly feel like you're not good enough, that's called wrestling with yourself. God calls you a masterpiece. Who are you and what authority do you have to call yourself anything different? Don't wrestle with yourself. I know you're not taking advantage of the LA Fitness membership, but don't look in the mirror and wrestle with yourself not one more day. God, I am who you made me. I am going to work on my health, but I'm not going to be down on who you call a masterpiece. Somebody needs to receive that right now, that God says you are a masterpiece. Don't wrestle with yourself not one more day. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Somebody in here has to stop wrestling with another person today. Call your dad, stop wrestling. Tell your wife, we're not arguing anymore. No way, I'm not wrestling with you anymore. I'm actually gonna pray for you. You wanna know how I know this true? The Bible says this, this, this verse in Colossians 4.12. Listen to this. Epaphras, what a name. Jeez. E.P who is one of you, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. Have you wrestled with a person about who they are and you haven't even wrestled in prayer? Look what he's wrestling about. That you may stand firm in the will of God. Why would he have to wrestle in prayer if they were in the will already? That you may be mature. Why would he have to wrestle in prayer if they weren't immature? Fully assured. Why would he have to wrestle in prayer unless they were insecure? If he's wrestling, he is wrestling for people who are at least doing three things. Out of the will, immature, and insecure. How many of us know anybody that we care about that are out of the will, immature, and insecure? Come on, elbow your husband or your wife right now. Elbow them. This is a church of transparency. You! How many of us know? So we wrestle with them because we want them to be different. And we haven't even wrestled in prayer. Wrestle in prayer. One of the things God's been teaching me is I started to wrestle in prayer for my wife. I have never in seven years wrestled in prayer for my wife. I've wrestled with her. I've prayed for her, but I've never wrestled in prayer. Let me tell you, my wife does something that makes me upset, then I wrestle with her. We got to figure this out. I even move my hands like that sometimes. We got to figure this out. <laughs> and I wrestle in prayer. And do you know I had to humble myself 
And I had to go see somebody to speak into my marriage so I could stop wrestling with my wife. And they're teaching me to wrestle with the right thing. And my wife is growing in maturity. She's growing in security. She's growing in the areas that I used to try to wrestle with her to fix. And it wasn't like I'd get angry. I would just open the Bible. She'd come with me to an issue with emotion. I'm like, you almost done? You done? Okay, Psalm 37. Girl, you're about to be encouraged. Sometimes I even put on a headset just like, you need to grow in your, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Like I start preaching. She's like, can you not preach? I'm like, oh, you don't want to hear the word? <laughs> can you not preach? I just want to be heard. I just want somebody to listen. And the lady told me, you keep trying to pastor her. She just needs you to listen. I said, I am listening so I know what to preach. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just wrestling, just needing her to be different. And I found myself that I, I just need her to be different. And Jesus never asked you to be different. He said, follow him. And everyone who follows Jesus becomes different. So if I'm going to be a picture like Jesus, a picture of Jesus, and my wife is following me, if I am Christ-like enough, she will change along the way just by being around me. That is what it's supposed to look like. You don't have to wrestle with anybody not one more day. Wrestle in prayer. Make it a rule of thumb. I will never wrestle with you longer than I've wrestled in prayer. Half an hour argument, 45-minute prayer life. Them arguments be real short. <laughs> I'm sick of you. I'm going to my prayer closet. Like, just, that's the argument. Just tired of you. I'm going to my prayer closet. Make it a rule of thumb. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You will never be healed of your limp if you are committed to wrestle. Man, I feel like the church for the last hundred years, I feel like God is saying, I want them to be the church, and they've just been the wrestling team. Wrestling with each other, wrestling with other denominations, wrestling with the world, getting mad at what the world is doing, wrestling with politics, just wrestling. We're not supposed to be the wrestling team. We're supposed to be the church. And when we're the church and not the wrestling team and we wrestle in prayer, oh my God, leapers and limpers coming together, mighty move of God right here, right now. This could happen. It is happening. I don't know what season you're in, but it's a leap year for everyone if we're unified. It's a limp year for everyone if you're unified. The Bible says share in each other's suffering. Share in the things we rejoice. If we're sharing with the people who are limping and we're sharing with the people who are leaping, then every year can be a leap year through unity and family. I want to encourage you. Never again. I know some things happen and you run later. Somebody gets sick, but never again just sit at home and watch something online just because you don't feel like coming. Don't do that. Because in Acts chapter 3, that man would still be limping if Peter had watched church online. You can go ahead and clap for that. It's so good. So good. So. Turn to your neighbor. I know that was tough. But turn to your neighbor and say, that was so good. You know what I've learned about these areas is that many times Christians who are limping ask God for the wrong thing. 
the man was out front asking for money and he needed the power of God in his life. Somebody out here is asking for a relationship and you just need to know your love just the way that you are. You don't need to be validated through a man or a woman yet. Let God love you in this season. Let God love you in this season. And be humble enough to say, if God's not giving me what I asked for, I might be asking for the wrong thing. Because God holds, withholds no good thing. That's what the Bible says. And it says he blesses and adds no sorrow. So God might not be giving you something because you don't think it ain't going to make you as happy as you think it is. So we trust God. The second thing I've learned is from talking to people who are leaping and limping is that many Christians who are leaping incorrectly make it a goal to never go back to limping. So you've limped your whole way through the relationships, and now you're in a relationship and you're like, okay, I got to do what I need to do with this one because I've been divorced before, I've been abandoned before, and never again am I going to feel like that. So I need to make sure. The goal is not that you wouldn't limp again. That's never the goal. The Bible doesn't say now that you are leaping, ensure that you never limp again. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, the godly may trip seven times. So it's not, it's not if you are limping. It's how many times can you get up? The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again and again and again. 2019, I fell, but I'm getting up. Yeah, I know I said I would never look at pornography again, and I fell, but I'm getting up. Yeah, I thought I'd never be in this place financially again. I fall, this is the seventh time my account's been in overdraft, but I'm getting up. The righteous fall seven times, but they get up. You are righteous if you get up. You are leaping if you get up. You are leaping if you get up. You can fall, you can limp seven times, but the Spirit of God is saying, get up. Get up! You fell for the fifth time, but get up! You fell again in a relationship, but get up! You thought you were healed, and now your back is hurting again, but the Spirit of God is saying, get up! Come on, praise God if in this season.